everybody. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 149. We're coming to you live through uh, several different platforms now. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Any of those, you're able to go ahead and watch the show right now and make your comments. So if you are watching currently, I'm going to remind you guys later on, but please feel free to share, retweet, uh, like anything that uh, you guys can do to get that out there, get some more people in there so we can get some comments flowing. I think that'd be really awesome. So we appreciate your help with that. Uh, Aaron, we are coming off a uh, another loss, unfortunately, uh, tonight. We'll talk about the game a little bit later on. But first, the biggest news that happened in the, this recent week here, of course, uh, General Manager Doug Wilson stepping down due to health reasons. Um, there's a whole lot to kind of unpack and talk about here. I'm not sure where you'd like to start, um, but I, I do think back to the time that we had with him in our interview, such a gracious uh, interviewee, I guess you could say, um, really just giving us his time, uh, being very uh, friendly the entire time. We never got the sense that he was above you. So um, definitely a really nice person. Uh, and, and he'll, I'm sure will be missed uh, amongst the, uh, the folks in the office there. So uh, yeah. your thoughts on this. Absolutely. I'm, I remember when we met him, it was a big deal and I don't really get starstruck. I think I tweeted this out last week when the news hit. Um, he was one that made me starstruck and it was because of the kind of the aura around him. Um, I don't want to sound too cheesy or anything, but he's such a nice guy and such a genuine down to earth person that it kind of caught me off guard in a way. Um, I remember they kept telling us that we only got him for about 10 minutes and then they're going to, you know, move him along. And those 10 minutes flew by so quickly and he wanted to stay and talk longer and they made him leave. So it wasn't like he was forced to do it and was, you know, reluctant to do it at all. He was, he was having a good time and we were having a good time. And I stuttered a few times if you go back and look at that interview because I just, blah, 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 you know, muddled <laughs> words coming out of my mouth. Um, but what he's done for this organization is amazing. And I mean, I remember part of it being starstruck. I was like, this guy's going to go into the Hall of Fame, the NHL Hall of Fame. This is a walking legend, whether it be as a player or as a, uh, I think it's called a builder um, for his GM duties. Had he won a cup, had the San Jose Sharks won a cup uh, in 2016 or even the last chance when uh, they went to the conference finals, I think he sure for sure would have gone in as a builder. Um, it's unfortunate that he's not. So um, but I think, uh, it, he will be missed and I'm glad he's, I guess, going to be taking the time to get healthy. Now we don't know what's going on. We don't have any, we're not privy to any special information on behind the scenes. Um, there's just rumors and I'm not going to get into that, but, um, it's unfortunate that he had to step away like this because he's been out since November, I believe, um, because of his health. So we, we wish him nothing but the best in his family. And he's such a, such a great guy. Um, It'll be interesting to see what what is going to happen in these next few months. But we do have a clip from the presser here. Um, this is from Jonathan Becker, the San Jose Sharks president. Um, kind of a, a a what's it called a um, just a, a comment a, a before they took questions. This is what he had to say. So here's the clip of Becker saying everything that I can't right now because I'm already tripping over my words in the beginning of the show. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. Uh, before we go to questions, we'll start here in just a second with a couple of prepared comments. Obviously, this is a sad day and the end of a milestone, but it's also a chance to acknowledge and celebrate Doug Wilson's incredible legacy. That legacy is probably most obvious on the ice, uh, a period of almost 19 years of sustained success 
many of you know the amazing statistics from the third most regular season wins to the second most playoff series wins. I won't try to go through all of them. They're just too numerous to repeat. But that is clearly the most successful run in our franchise history and the envy of many other franchises as well. But his impact goes beyond just the ice. His impact impacts all of us in the organization from the class act he was to how he treated everybody else to the culture that he built into this organization to how active he was into the San Jose community. His fingerprints are all over shark sports and entertainment. And uh, we're appreciative and really honored by all that he did. Um, when the time is right, uh, it's a little bit early to talk about the future, but assuming Doug becomes open to it in the future and the time is right. Uh, we'd be happy to have a conversation about him coming back and helping the organization in some way, but uh, that's a conversation for another day. Also, uh, obviously, as of today, we're formalizing Joe Will's role as interim general manager. Thank you, Joe, for everything you've done over the last couple of months. Uh, the organization's been in fantastic hands, and it's been some difficult challenges over the last couple of months, and you've really come through. Essentially, we're formalizing what's been the de facto case for the last five or six months as well. So thank you, Joe, and look forward for all the things that you'll do over the, over the next period as well. So you also saw in the release between Hasso, Joe, and myself, we're starting immediately a search for the next general manager of the franchise. At this point, that search is for external candidates. Uh, we don't have a defined timeline, and that is we care more about the person than exactly what it happens. It works out and takes a small number of months. That's great. If it takes a big longer than that, we'll wait for the right person as opposed to say that person has to show up at a particular time. Whoever that GM is will build on the incredible legacy that Doug has built over the last 19 years. Um, clearly, we want to get back to repeatable uh, playoff hockey. That's the goal of this franchise. That's what we always want to do. Um, you've seen over this season, we have some world-class players and some incredible talent in this organization. But openly, we do need a few more pieces, which will be part of both Joe's job and the GM as well. Um, and so I like to end sort of where I started, which is we thank Doug for his incredible mark on this organization, both on the ice and off the ice. Really, it's been second to none. And I view him as a close friend, as a class act and an amazing hockey executive. And uh, sad day, but glad to be able to celebrate it as well. I, he said it pretty well there. Um, he's It wasn't just the GM role. He completely changed the organization and changed the whole, I know we say this all the time, but the uh, the culture of San Jose. For a long time, San Jose was not a destination for free agents. Um, I think when, uh, who, was the, who was the GM before? Dean Lombardi. Um, he was a completely different style of person, an old school style. I mean, just look at that. He, when he got fired, he went to the LA Kings and, and put together a two cup winning teams. But, um, he does a different style, like more, more in tune with the old school words, big bodies, slow. I think Doug Wilson kind of took the reins and, and went in a different direction um, and built, I mean, for, I would say at least a decade, the Sharks were in the top four teams in the NHL, a cup contender every year for those 10 years. Um, and now they're, they're reaping, you know, reaping what they sowed with, with these contracts as, as, um, payments and uh and rewarding some players that had team friendly contracts earlier but anyway he's going to go down as probably the best gm the sharks are going to have for a long time it's gonna be hard to beat especially was it 19 seasons um who is it i think it's nashville's is it jim Poy, Poyle? i forget how you say his name Poyle, Poyle, jim Poyle. 
Poyle. He's the longest tenured GM. I think he's been there since Nashville started. Is that right? Uh, I could be wrong. Anyway, no um, <laughs> he's the second second longest tenured GM in the NHL, which says a lot. That's that's amazing. I mean, there's going to be haters that are going to say, "Yeah, Hasso should have gotten rid of him earlier," but I don't think so. I think uh, he's been doing an amazing job. He's so ingrained, and it's not just him. That's the thing about Doug Wilson. He's not the puppet master of everything. He has good people surrounded around him. They're not yes people. Um, he mentioned that to us too in the interview that he creates a good team. So it's not just him. He's not the only person making decisions um, and he surrounds himself with smart people. So he's, he's very much a true NHL hockey player where they don't take credit for themselves. They push it onto their team because he has a whole team helping him out and he gives them credit when credit is due. And um, I do want to remind folks one more time, um, please, again, if you're watching on Facebook, Twitter or YouTube, feel free to uh, share and retweet, get some more folks in here, the comments going on this one here, because um, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about Doug Wilson over the last few years, um, especially when when things weren't going our way. Right. Um, It's and Becker had said it, you know, the envy of several other teams. Um, There's a lot of teams out there that don't have this sustained level of success. Now, I know some of you kind of just kind of balk at the word success when we haven't won a cup in his entire tenure but if if that's the the bar and there's nothing above that you're putting the bar on the ceiling right so um you have to look at the amount of years that they've been a successful franchise in that they've made playoffs and that they've competed and that they've had teams that could have should have uh gone to the cup final now there are other teams that just step in and do the job look there's 32 teams now in the NHL, not all of them can win a cup in a year. Um, so there are times where there's just a team that's that much better or that much luckier or is that much healthier or whatever the case is. So, um, you know, for a lot of the folks who who have been kind of kind of celebrating this, like Doug Wilson's reign is over, um, I can understand the want for change. I can understand the, um, I guess, uh, the optimism for a kind of a new vision. Uh, and I'm on board with that. I'd like to see something new uh, as well. Uh, but I'm not going to dump all over what the man has done for the franchise, uh, what he has continued uh, to do all the way through uh, this point. And just because these last three seasons haven't gone the way uh, that we'd really like them to go, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it warrants the kind of trash talk that I see uh, coming from the fan base uh, for this guy. So. Um, you know, and especially when, you know, we're talking about he's he's stepping down for health reasons. It's not like he's stepping down because they want him gone. It's and, and that is the case. It's, it's it is health reasons. So um, I don't know, I guess maybe just a little bit of compassion from the fan base on this one would be would go a longer way uh, than kind of celebrating, uh, you know, a new a new vision. Now, again, I'm, I'm more than happy to celebrate uh, that there's going to be kind of this new uh, influx of ideas coming. And that's one of the things that Becker had talked about. It is interesting though. Um, actually, before I get to that thought, I do want to bring up uh, something that I think was Anthony Sanchez said. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if Hasso brings in a female GM for sharks? Honestly, Anthony, I, it doesn't matter to me if it's a male or a female or, or, or whatever the case is, I, it, whoever the right person is for the job, period, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what Becker is getting to here. We're, we're going to find the right person for the job, whoever that may be and however long that takes. Now, I can't imagine it's going to take an entire season. Plus, they're not going to just sit on this forever. But they had said, look, we would like to get this in place before the start of next season, not necessarily before the draft. 
Um, so they've got months to go here uh, to be able to find the correct person for the job. It doesn't really matter what gender that person is. If it's the right person for the job, they're going to hire that person. Now, the really interesting part of this, though, is that you've got this message coming from the president and from the, the current uh, GM, right? The mm-hmm. uh, interim GM um, and all the staff that are, would be underneath Doug Wilson right now, uh, all going to find this one person that's out there to, to replace Doug. But the person coming in might replace all of them, right? So it's kind of interesting. So are they looking for the right person who matches Doug's vision because it's the vision that they currently hold and therefore they would be better suited to be underneath the new GM keeping their jobs? Or yeah, are they truly just, you know what I'm saying? Like I can understand where the fan base might go that direction though, right, right Aaron? It, it was interesting that he'd mentioned that it would be an external candidate right away off the bat, you know, before they even took, before he took questions. And I mean, Joe will sitting right there. It's like, and, and uh, Anthony said, I wonder if Joe will wants to be the GM title. Maybe he doesn't, maybe they already had that conversation. And he said, that's just too much. I mean, look at, uh, was it two seasons ago during COVID and they got back together or during the COVID season? What um, was it? Or not during the COVID season, but when they fired the coaching staff and brought in Bugner and they brought up, was it Ricci, Nabokov and, and all these guys that were at the, uh, Barracuda level, they didn't want to stay at the NHL level. They wanted to go back to the Barracuda level. So that could be a s- same scenario. Maybe he just doesn't want it. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, an article from Corey at the Athletic that's saying that like uh, other teams are going in other directions now. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, interviewed a baseball guy, so it doesn't have to be a guy that's in the NHL. Um, just GM, you know, um, experience at other sports. Um, it could be a a maybe a former um, agent, which would be interesting because the negotiations I think would be uh, be pretty frugal there. Um, and then the, he listed this example of the Canucks hired Jim Rutherford in a role above the GM position, and he immediately hired three women um, as part of his revamped front office. So it's definitely possible that it could be a woman. You never know. Maybe they'll they'll break some barriers here and get a woman GM. It doesn't matter. Again, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that he could or he or she could clear house and get rid of everybody that's there and start with something fresh. I just don't think that would happen. I don't think Hassel Platner would want that. Um, to me, I think Hasso is a very hands off owner and trusts you know so many people that he trusts Doug Wilson and company everybody to do their job and they've been doing it. Um, I mean, maybe they'll come in. I, I just don't think there's, everyone wants this rebuild, right? They, they just keep hoping for the, for the big giant rebuild. And to me, they're doing the slow rebuild process right now. Yeah. They've missed playoffs the last two seasons. They're going to miss this year. Um, I just hope a top 10 pick is in the cards for this year. I think that's going to help the team again. So, um, the person that's going to be taking over is going to have big shoes to fill. That was another comment. Yeah. I think uh, there's going to be a lot to do. There's a lot of heavy contracts, but there's teams that are making do with it. Look at the LA Kings have, is it Drew Doughty, um, Dustin Brown, and Kopitar. Anzi Kopitar. Those three are their big three that they've been on the team forever. The Sharks are kind of like that. I think they're going to move some of those pieces in the offseason, but um, it's doable. And the Kings are they were up there in playoffs. I think they might even make it. What's interesting on a side note, Drew Doughty is, is going to be done for the season. Did you see that? 
No, he's had he had surgery, so he's not going to be coming back. So the team has been playing without him for a while, but that's one of their big guys that they're going to be missing. Even if they make playoffs, he won't be playing. So that'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Anthony Sanchez bringing up another good point that I was uh, thinking of as soon as you had said uh, the the baseball comment there was that the Sharks did hire a scout who used to be the Dodgers GM. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I I mean, it it doesn't necessarily have to be a hockey person, right? I mean, I guess just somebody who's experienced in in uh, managing a team. Now, I think it would help (laughs) if it was somebody from the hockey world, at least. But uh, I mean, when you're talking about running an entire franchise like that, yeah, I kind of feel like. Um, you you kind of need to be involved in the sport. I mean, um, look at what I just said about Doug Wilson. He surrounded himself with a good yep. team of people that are smart people. That's how I think I think good businesses should be run that way instead of a dictator-like person that's going to tell everyone what to do and cut you or trade you, which I think a lot of people enjoy or want. I, yeah. That's not what I would want. I'd want I like the having the smartest people in the room making decisions, not one person thinking they're the smartest person in the world. Well, I'll tell you what, Taylor Kearney here thinks that you and I should be co-general managers. And I think that is the wrong decision. You got the wrong people right there, Taylor. I appreciate your optimism and uh, your vote of confidence, but it is misplaced, my friend. (laughs) I think it'd be great. I I think I would do it. You you could do it? Absolutely. If they offered us the position, I think uh, it would be awesome and exciting. And I think I would take it full board. Hey, man. I think last season we were saying, you know, who would be good to bring in is Benino and Cogliano. Didn't we say? Yes. Just putting it out there, folks. Uh, the, the one thing that we said of many, but yes. <laughs> the one thing that happened of what we said. Not everything comes true. Okay. No. Anyway. Um, yeah. So definitely outside person uh, coming in, not looking internal. I mean, again, I, I think that's probably the right move um, because you know, he like you said, he's had these people underneath him for a while. He's been running the ship for a long time. It'd be good to get some uh, some fresh uh, ideas in there, get some fresh perspectives in there. I just think it's kind of, again, to bring up the point from earlier, I think it's kind of funny that uh, the the person they bring in, um, it sounds like you know either hey let's let's have them have the same kind of perspective that we already have and then call it change. Hopefully, we don't lose our jobs. Or <laughs> that um, if they do bring that person in, that that person is going to want to bring in you know, all their own people. And they're basically just kind of, they're almost firing themselves by, by hiring somebody else. Right. So it's, it's kind of a weird situation. Um, but Hey, it is what it is. And I'll be looking forward to uh, next season uh, and seeing what happens. I think the draft is going to get really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they don't have a GM in place, even if it's Joe will and company, um, I still think the draft's going to be interesting because in that same article that uh, Corey had written, I believe it was in there. Um, he was talking about, you know, they they may have to make decisions based on, well, do we want to handcuff whoever the new GM is or what would we do in this situation, um, keeping in mind that somebody else is going to be running it, right? So um, kind of an interesting way to kind of set up your thought process between, behind all of this stuff that's going to be going on before the new GM, whoever that person may be, comes in. So um, really interesting stuff trying to think about what somebody else might be thinking or want uh, before you make your decision. Yeah. They just got to make the decision. Best I, I agree. Available. They can't really base it on what the next person is going to be like, but um, it's interesting that they will go external. I don't think they're going to rule out promoting within. I think maybe they're going to see what's out there and see what sticks and see if it's better than having Joe will continue doing what he's doing right. or um, bringing in someone new with a fresh perspective, which was also interesting something that Becker had said, like bringing in a new voice kind of into 
the organization and changing things around. Uh, it's good. It's good to have change. And um, I think Eric Carlson was also interviewed after that. I think it was after the, I forget which game it was, but um, he was asked about uh, the new GM coming in and he said, well, everyone's going to be on eggshells now because you don't know where you stand since it's going to be a new person. So maybe there'll be some big moves on a person that comes in and takes over. Who knows? But um, whoever that new person is, I don't know if they're going to have the relationships to be able to move a guy like, say, a Vlasic or whoever else. Um, so, it, again, again, it will be very interesting. I know, like, uh, what do you think uh, Taylor says? going to be a very interesting offseason, that's for sure. I have to agree with you. Uh, we'll see where all of this goes because uh, there's <laughs> definitely know, you, some moves that the, the fan base would like to see. And yeah. uh, Doug doesn't – if he's not there, the new GM doesn't have the same kind of emotional ties necessarily to some of these players. Um, you take a look at um, Tomas Hurdle getting his contract. Now, they said uh, previously that they didn't know up until a couple days ago, right, that this was going to be the case. No, no. You knew. You knew by the trade deadline. Okay. Uh, that's my opinion. I've heard other things, but whatever. Um, you, you knew by the trade deadline. And uh, when you signed Tomas Hurdle, you were taking care of Tomas before you were on your way out. And it's okay. It's okay to say that. It's okay to have just, put. Uh, you know, that's how it is. Um, because that's, that's how it was. I I'm a hundred percent convinced that is exactly why hurdle got the contract that he got for the length that he got. He was being taken care of. Um, you can't convince me otherwise. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, just again, putting that out there, it'll be interesting to see, uh, the next guy coming in again, not having ties, not having emotional ties to any of these players. Um, so even a guy like, you know, Vlasic, he's given, uh, what 1100 something plus games to the sharks and he's only played with the sharks. Um, I don't think that's a guy that you would normally buy out just for, um, you know, for the emotional reasons, right? I mean, you have a tie to this guy. He's given you everything in his career and you buy him out. That doesn't make sense. But a new person coming in, that might be on the table. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I think someone, I think that's going to be a move that's going to happen. I want to call out real quick Laurel over here saying, first time catching this. Love it. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's the first time that we'll, not the first time, actually, second time, I think, that we're streaming to more than one platform here. So she's here on uh, on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. We totally appreciate that. We've got a lot of people uh, from YouTube here. We're also out there on Twitter. So again, if you guys have other friends, family, whatever, uh, uh, fans that uh, would like to be in the comment section here and giving us some, some of your comments, we can read them off in the air, please. Uh, get them out there and, and bring them in. So we'd love that. Claude <laughs> you as the new GM. Oh, goodness. Claude so <laughs> Anthony Sanchez said, uh, hire Kevin Weeks from NHL Network. Maybe. You know, I don't know if he has any experience in GM-esque stuff, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. He's a smart I, guy. I, I like Kevin Weeks. I think he's, he's very insightful and whatnot, but he's, that he's broadcasting career, right? I don't know if that makes him a front runner for the GM position. So well what what Doug Wilson didn't have much experience. He was a player and he became an executive. He was a player and before he was a GM, he was with the organization, wasn't he in a different role? I don't I know. I believe so. Coaching? As what? Was he coaching at the lower level? No, he wasn't a coach, no. I thought he had a, an office type position of some sort. I don't remember what it was, but I believe he ambassador. kind of worked his way in there. What's that? He's the ambassador, so he's just on payroll. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Either way, I feel he was around the 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 office. He right, he was around that process, um, and I guess through whatever process they had to hire, he was the front runner. And 19 years later, here we are. So, 
Right. Anyway. Okay. So uh, I don't know if anybody else has anything they wanted to say about um, Doug Wilson and whatnot in the comments here, but I'll remind you guys, uh, we have Super Chat available. If you would like to support the show as well as uh, Venmo, you can tip us there. If you're not watching through YouTube, um, you can do that at the Fin Factor on Venmo. Anytime you do that, if you put the comment or a question, we'll make sure that we get it uh, live on the air here. So uh, if you'd like to support us, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Okay. What was that, Aaron? Uh, Taylor Kearney had all the relationships Wilson has built with other GMs across the league via trade discussions or whatnot. Does the new GM carry over or have to build up team reputation? Um, I would assume if it, if it's a new GM that's never been a GM, they're going to have to start from scratch. If it's a GM that has previously been a GM, um, then they'll have at least something to start with. Uh, there have been a number of new GMs in the league recently that have no experience. So I don't think it's as big of a deal. I think it's a little bit less, um, what's the word? Old, old boys club kind of thing. So I think it's, uh, things have changed, especially with the salary cap and the salary floor as well. So, um, go ahead. Having said that again, Wilson built this team underneath them, right? And that team is still in place. Whoever the new GM is, they will be starting from scratch from a personal perspective, but they'll have that same team in place who knows how the other teams, the other GMs, the other um, you know mid-level guys that they talk to before they get to the GMs, they know how all those guys work. So a lot of that stuff, they'll still have those relationships there. It's just the head, the figurehead on top of all of that um, doesn't have the uh, the direct relationship with with those people anymore. So um, it might not be such a bad thing that a lot of them are sticking around um, to help the new GM and he doesn't just bring in all new people because I mean, for that reason alone. So uh, thank you, Taylor, for your, your comment there. Although he says uh, that question made more sense in my head. I think we figured out what you were asking for, but don't worry about it. We're all good. <laughs> right. Yeah. And all right. he will, they are going to open them with open Doug Wilson. They will open up with open arms to Doug Wilson if and when he's healthy to come back again. Yeah. Not necessarily, he won't be in a GM role, no. but he'd probably be like an advisor or in some capacity he's going to be there, which is great because he just makes, I don't know, he's just a very calm person, very calm and um, confident, I think is a good way to put it. What? what if he came back as a scout and he was working for his son? <laughs> oh, that would be full circle, huh? That'd be crazy. Yeah, right. You think he'd want to be on the road like and then flip it on him. <laughs> he'd be on the anyway. road all the time. Yeah, right. Uh, all right. Anyway. Are we ready to move on from uh, Doug Wilson discussion? Uh, last short story from Anthony Sanchez just there. Okay. Uh, short story. When Magical Season 16 ended while leaving SAP after Game 6, I ran into Doug Wilson and congratulated him and, he, and told him what a great season it was. He took a few minutes and talked with me. That is the kind of person he is. They lose the Stanley Cup, and he's still very grateful and very happy and talks with fans. It's amazing. He's he's such an amazing guy. I mean, I don't want to talk about him like he's gone, but he's he's still around. Yeah. Um, Jumbo wins the Cup and then comes back as GM. All right, that's the last comment. There we go. Yeah, right. You know where he's moving to. I can't see Jumbo in a in an office professional role. No, he's no. too much he's- of a kid. He's going to be like Yermer Yager. He's going to go to Europe and he's going to play for another five seasons where he's going to be the owner of a team yeah. slash player. player. Owner. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I honestly think that's what's going to happen. He's going to move back to is it Switzerland. Is that go by Davos. Davos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. 
Super producer Jason with the uh, heads blowing up emojis. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tom, uh, Thomas Bordalo signs the uh, the ATO, the amateur tryout. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure between this and the ELC, right? The entry level contract. It sounded like I think it was Hedekin was talking about this, was saying like, why burn part of your contract? But it, there's only five games left, and it was with the CUDA. I don't understand why that would burn a year of ELC. Uh, but regardless, apparently it's this because, is a way around that. I don't know. I'm not sure what he age. was talking about there. What's that? Because of his age. Because of his age. Okay. So if you're 18 or 19 and you have an ELC, that's when it can slide like Eklund's did. But he's, I think he's 20. Okay. Um, so he's already, I think he's, he's too old to do, to slide the contract. So if he did sign a, a contract yeah. uh, entry level, uh, he would burn a year, which is lame. Um, super producer Jason, don't put it on the screen yet, but Nick, we'll get to that. Uh, it's, it's down. It's a little farther down the list, buddy. Don't worry guys. You're going to want to stick around for this. I'll just going to say two words, Noah Gregor. So stick around. Okay. Uh, anyway, going back to Bordalo here. Um, it sounds like we're going to get to see him this season playing, uh, with the Barracuda. There's only five games left, like I said, in the season for the Barracuda, but, um, he's projected to be, this like third line center in the NHL. So to see him on the CUDA, I think he's going to be a pretty dominant uh, type of player. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. Maybe even right out of the gate here. So um, you think he's be very juicy. You think he's a third line center? There's, there are some that were projecting him to be a third line center in the NHL. Yes. I thought it'd be more of a second line center. I would think so too. You know why they're probably downgrading him a bit there. His size, he's five foot nine. Okay. And I think that's probably a, a small part of why some might kind of dock him a little bit. But it, from a skill perspective, yeah, he could absolutely. He's middle six. Put it that way, then. Okay, he's he's kind of a middle six center. Um, there were some questions about his compete level, though, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, I guess this season he didn't really kind of shine as much as uh, they were hoping. But um, I mean, either way, he's going to be playing for the Barracuda hopefully in these next five games. And um, it's just a nice showcase of a very, very talented player. So, uh, and, and again, a reminder that the Barracuda's new arena is opening up next season. That's pretty much built now. The team that they're going to be able to field based off of all the young guys they have coming in, they should be a much better team than they are this season. This season, they're kind of getting stomped. Uh, but I think next season with the influx of new young talent, new young faces, uh, I think they're going to, be pretty pretty solid team so um if you haven't thought about joining the battery and whatnot this is my my little plug for the barracuda here uh <laughs> maybe consider that because i think they're going to be a very good team next season and um probably one you don't want to miss so just throwing right. it out there yep i agree I'm uh christina excited. smith saying hi i love your show well hey christina we love you back thank you so <laughs> much for being here appreciate it Michigan was stacked with NHL talent. Everybody couldn't shine every game. That yeah. is fair. I understand. I understand. I but I, uh, I guess uh, taking that into account, they were hoping for a little bit more. I guess we'll put it that way. Right. Um, he also said it's kind of pointless for him to sign. I don't think so because he's going to get those five games of basically professional hockey, which he's never done before. And I think it'll be a good confidence booster for him going into the summer and into training camp next year to know – okay, this is what it's really like, at least at the AHL level, which he hasn't played in yet. Um, and the AHL level is much different than NCAA. Where NCAA is all amateur. You know, They don't get yeah. paid to play there. They're, there's going to be some superstars on the teams, but there's only like one or two versus the AHL. Not that they're superstars in the AHL, but they're 
the worst player in the AHL is probably one of the better players in the NCAA. So you're just stepping up a whole nother level. So I think it'll be good, good confidence booster for him to see what it's going to take to get there, be around other professional players and see what they do to prepare for games, prepare during practice, how they, how hard they work. That's the big thing is, is the work ethic. If I'm sure his work ethic is fine, I'm not knocking or anything, but it's a, it's completely different level when you get into that professional level versus NCAA. Um, I, I was around guys when I was playing soccer in college and, and I always wondered like, wow, why are you spending so much time at practice after practice? You know, like you, you're still kicking balls. You're still doing wind sprints. I think that's so weird, but of course I wasn't one that went on to play professionally, whereas the other <laughs> ones did. So you can see where my work ethic was in college. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's it's healthy and it'll be a good thing for him. It won't hurt him. He's not going to lose a year. The Sharks aren't going to lose a year on his contract. So I think it's a good thing. Well, you might not have turned pro, but now you're co-hosting a uh, show about the Sharks. So congratulations. <laughs> not bad. Uh, Nick, uh, bringing up the fact that Magnus Krona is a national champ, of course, uh, the Sharks goaltending prospect uh, as the goaltender who beat Thomas Bortolo and the rest of the Michigan uh, team there. So that was uh, you're right. It was a pretty stacked Michigan team. He had uh, power. Uh, Johnson, Bortolo, you had, uh, who was the other ben, one they had? Beniers or Beniers? Beniers. Yeah, Beniers. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a lot of first round guys there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in seeing where, where Magnus uh, goes here now. So, uh, we've got a lot of good young talent coming in, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's Magnus stuff here. And, you know, again, Doug Wilson Jr. being uh, the, the scouting director here. But uh, again, these guys, a part of Doug Wilson's reign, if you will. And, uh, you know, the new GM is going to be able to kind of capitalize on some of this young talent here, but let's not forget who, who brought him in. So, um, Magnus, else? I remember that guy's a beast, isn't he? Who? I mean, like Magnus Corona. Oh, big guy. I think he's, uh, he's a very tall, um, goalie, like freakishly tall. Nice. See real quick yeah pulling it either up. way uh as a national champ uh he he's, must be pretty solid in net so he, he is a winner he's a, bring. he's a guy that i don't think was uh people had thought of much you know yeah he's six foot six in goal that's enormous Jeez. for a goalie plus yeah. he's on skates so there you go uh he's swedish and he was born in 2000 does that make you feel old oh oh it does it does that's <laughs> so weird so weird anyway um that's a guy uh, that Zinxie, Zinxie's asking if Bordelow signed his contract. He signed an uh, ATO, not an ELC. So Amateur tryout. Thank you. There you go. That's what ATO stands for. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, Magnus, I think people are asking about him and what, if he can come into the Barracuda. Because right now there's a three-headed monster at the NHL level since we have Aiden Hill, uh, Reimer, uh, Capo Kakinen, and James Reimer. I think Reimer is going to be the one that's going to get moved. In fact, you had something to add here, right? About that? Did I? At the bottom there. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, see, see, guys, we have uh, we have some notes usually, um, but trying yeah, to segue go. there for well, you. Well, yeah, you yeah, okay, okay. It. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the more you know. <laughs> so, uh, going back to uh, Corey's little mailbag that he had, Corey uh, Mass. Oh gosh. 
Massasack. Massasack. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Massachuck, but no, it's Massasack. For the athletic. Um, for the yeah, athletic. from the athletic. If you are not subscribed to the athletic, absolutely, I would. They have really good content there. If you didn't like Kevin Kurz, again, he's with the Islanders now, and Corey is uh, very much so into the statistical side of things. Um, but he he poses this this question here. Um, he says, "Let's play a little choose your own adventure. Um, which of these options would you uh, appeal to you the most?" And A, being someone who offers a middle six winger for Reimer. So you trade him and you go with Kakanen and uh, Hill next season. Uh, B, someone offers a forward with the potential to play in San Jose's middle six, but less of a track record for Kakanen. Uh, so you trade him and you stick with Reimer and Hill. Or someone offers a forward who profiles more like a bottom six guy with a faint middle six potential for Hill. So trade him, go with Reimer and Kakanen next season. Now, I put what you think. In, in the comments there, guys. How about we do um, roll call? As you're doing that, I'm going to offer my uh, my opinion here, and then we'll see what Aaron thinks. Now, obviously, Reimer has the the most trade potential there, right? So you can get a lot more back for Reimer than I think any of the other guys. So if they're saying that we could get a middle six winger, I would say no. I would not want to get a middle six winger for uh, James Reimer. Uh I would like to see something much, much more for, for him. I think he's proven that he's um, he's the workhorse in, in the NHL. In fact, you know what? Why don't we make this the roll call question here? So why don't you tell us where you guys are watching us from? Obviously, we can see if you're coming from YouTube or Facebook or from Twitter, but let us know where you're, you're watching. And then, um, yeah, what you would want uh, out of this question here, or whether you would think that we would trade Reimer or trade Hill or trade Kakanen. And, um, and for those returns, let us know which which uh, route you would go there. So personally, I wouldn't want to trade away Reimer if we're going to get a middle six winger. Um, I think this team need, has plenty of middle six wingers. They happen to be playing on the first and second line. Uh, so I think we just basically demote those players to our, our middle six. What I would like to have is a top six, uh, right? Or, or like a top line winger. That would be much better. I'm not going to get that for Reimer. But I'm not. I don't need to trade him away to get somebody that we already have. Just put more of them in the middle six, and we already have some that we can just demote. So for me, I like Kakinen. Um, I would see about maybe getting Hill a trade out. Um, and I know we gave up a second for him, but if you've got Kakinen and you've got Reimer, uh, Reimer rides out his contract. Kakinen uh, becomes the number one uh, underneath Reimer, helping him basically get to that point. And I think that's the one two you go with for the season. And I think Hill getting in a guy that, you know, maybe it's a bottom six type guy, but if he's a solid bottom six guy, teams need that. Like if you look at, you know, Benino right now, he's playing the third line center. But um, if you had a guy like Benino uh, or even like a, a Matt Nieto, somebody who can do, you know, penalty kills and whatnot, I, I would totally take that um, in exchange as opposed to dropping Reimer for a guy who's a middle six winger. When you kind of already have those types of players, they're just playing up in the lineup already. That's my take on it. But I'm interested in seeing what you guys uh, think about that. And Aaron, I'm th- interested in seeing what uh, what you have to say. Uh, trade Reimer. <laughs> After everything okay. you just said. I think you look at uh, those three goalies, Reimer, Hill, and Kakinen. Who is Reimer really going to be that much better? Like which return would get you the better return or which player would get you the better return? And in my opinion, Reimer's the best of the three, but I don't think he's head and shoulders above everyone, at least even with potential because the other two are a lot younger. 
So I think you strike while the iron is hot and you know a team is going to get bashed in the playoffs upcoming this summer, which is going to have them do some rash decision making. Um, some goalies probably going to be hurt and their backup's going to be completely incompetent. And they're going to say, we need a veteran backup here that can play in a 1B situation, exactly what Reimer would be best at on a very good team. So I think that's going to happen, and he's going to be in high demand, and I think the Sharks are going to be able to pull off a trade for, I would think, a top-six winger. I'm thinking a second-line right winger, right-handed shot, I think would be probably what they would need the most, um, considering they only have Kevin LeBanc in their kind of system right now that's a right-handed shot. Shemleski is another one, but he's not really going to be a top-six guy, so... And I don't even think LeBanc should be a top six guy. So I think uh, a second line right winger for James Reimer is definitely reasonable. And I think that's what they could get for him. And with Kakinen and with Aiden Hill, I don't think you're going to get that with a trade unless there's more pieces to it. Yeah, I I don't think you're getting that for Kakinen or Hill. I'm not sure that you get that for Reimer, but um, it certainly would be nice if uh, if that was the return. If that's the return, then yeah, I'm I'm just putting my faith in Kakinen for the most part and hoping Hill doesn't get hurt. So, I mean, Anthony Sanchez is saying Hill might be forced to retire. He's developing a back issue that's preventing him to return to the NHL level. I don't, I can't say that's true because I don't know. I don't have yeah. any information on that. Um, I don't know if you have any, if you're privy to some extra information there, but that would be an interesting thing. And, and it would also make more sense of why they went after Kakinen uh, to basically replace him. So, if that's the case, then Reimer and Kakinen would be here and Aiden Hill would be retiring which would clear up some cap space and some room in the depth chart. Um, but who knows? Yeah. And Anthony's also saying the UFA market is horrible this off season. Yeah. Okay. And you know why? Cause there's a whole nother team that joined the league. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. True. Seattle joined this year and that took away a lot of players from the pool that would normally have been signed as reagents, making it more competitive. So that, and there's just a, not a lot of contracts that are coming off the books this upcoming season. So that's part of it too. Um, we're going to move on, but before we do off of that, I think I want to go back to Anthony Sanchez again here, who says he's got a topic <laughs> he'd like to discuss. I like this. Uh, and it actually segues into kind of the next thing here. So uh, how did you guys feel about the non-response to the Merkley headshot against the Nucks? I felt that no response shows the Sharks have a weak leadership core. What do you think? Now, interestingly, um, I had just kind of rewatched that interview with Ryan Merkley, and he seemed the most nonchalant about getting a headshot. Um, he was saying, you know, I was kind of hoping he would come and hit me uh, because it takes the it takes him out of the play. This is the mind of of Ryan Merkley, um, uh, offensively charged, right? Uh, if I can take the hit to pull that guy out of position, hit me, right? Um, and, and that's exactly what happened. So. I guess he got what he wanted, but he said, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't really uh, thinking he was going to hit me the way that he did. Um, so, but he said afterwards, no, I just thought it was a good hit. I thought, you know, it wasn't malicious in any way. I don't think he was trying to get a headshot in there. I just, my head got sandwiched against the boards, but um, you know, I think, I just think it was a good hit. This is the guy receiving the hit. So if the guy receiving the hit is saying, Hey, I thought it was a good hit. Then, I mean, that kind of ends the discussion right there in terms of whether or not it was dirty and a headshot and everything else. Um, I mean, if he's okay with it, I guess now should the, the sharks players have reacted looking at it right away um, in that moment. Yeah. You would think that they would react. You saw tonight's game, Tomas hurdle uh, having a run at, I think it was 
Borowiecki, whatever his last name is, I can't pronounce it. Borowiecki is well how it looks on on his his jersey, but he went after he tried to get a hit on. I can't remember who it was now, but Gregor flying. I think it was Gregor. No, Gregor. Yeah, there you go. Oh, was it Noah Gregor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he went flying, uh, although he didn't really get hit. He just kind of like jumped over it. And uh, out of the corner of his eye, Hurdle sees that and goes after him, right? So you would think if something like that would trigger Hurdle to like go after a guy that the perceived headshot on Ryan yeah. Merkley, and he was down for a while, you would think that that would elicit an, a response. But um, I guess the team saw it the same way that Ryan did. It was just a good hit. So I don't know. What do you no, think? You don't, you don't think they had a talk after that Vancouver game, which is why Hurdle went after Borokowski. I think that's what happened. I think a <laughs> Borough whiskey, whatever his name is. I think um, he, uh, he did. It was the corner of his eye. He saw it look like he got hit hard. And so he went after him, but I think it's because they had talked about how Merkley got jacked the game before that. And nobody did anything. So I think they kind of had, I'm sure it wasn't like a big talk. It's not like it was in the seasons past where nobody did anything. I think it was just kind of like, Hey guys, you guys stick up for your teammates. Don't forget that. And it's like, Oh, right. Yeah. So in the next game they come out against Nashville, who's a very chippy um, in your face team, they stuck, they stuck their ground and and hit back. So did you see Couture's hit today? Yes, I did. Behind the goal. I was shocked. I think that's the biggest hit I've ever seen Couture lay. I was yeah. shocked, but it was good. It was good. It was clean. Nothing wrong, but that's a good hockey game, man. There was, uh, I mean, the yeah. score was tight. There wasn't much scoring at all, but the score was tight pretty much the whole time. There was some fisticuffs going on. There's a lot of chippiness. Uh, it was just, it was a good game. I thought. Yeah. So, uh, I, once, I mean, we'll get into that a little bit later, but sure. I'm happy the sharks are staying low so we can get that top 10 pick. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for top 10. Well, they're there right I, now. <laughs> I had said that that comment kind of uh, led into the next thing we're going to talk about here. And uh, that was the part where he says it feels that the, the the response shows or the lack of response shows that the Sharks have a weak leadership core. Um, I, I don't I still don't think that's the case. I don't think that they have a weak leadership core. Um, Couture getting on Carlson in that Vancouver game. Um, they had that as heated discussion on the bench there. Um, it was one of those things where maybe Couture. Uh, was in the wrong uh, after the fact. I think he was a little bit passionate about what the what the play was, and he was a little confused about the time that was left on the clock and whatnot. So um, maybe that's what kind of ran into this whole thing, uh, what caused the issue. But it was something that he felt he needed to go and talk to uh, Carlson about, and he was passionately uh, talking to him, uh, kind of giving him the business there. So I don't think uh, it's it's a weakness. I think maybe again he was maybe misled a little bit as to what was actually happening, but what he thought happened, he went up to the superstar on the team, the highest paid player on the team telling him what for. Um, so I don't think that that's weak leadership. I think that's him kind of standing his ground as the captain and, and going after a guy that he thought had been in the wrong. Now, Aaron, we do have a clip here that kind of explains from Couture's perspective uh, what had happened. I don't know if you want to jump into this now, or if you wanted to discuss a little bit first. Yeah, I'll just say um, from what it looked like on the camera and we couldn't hear anything was that he was yelling at Eric Carlson, but he was asked about it right after the game. Like, what was that all about? Look like you and look like the cameras had caught something of you and Eric Carlson. So this is what he had to say to explain what he was talking about and what was going on. Yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't Eric. It was uh, the three guys um, there. I think it was Timo and, and Bernsey. They were just asking why I rimmed it. And I said, I didn't know how much time was on the clock. That was it. I thought there was 15 seconds left. 
but they told me that there was one second. So I didn't know. I just said, next time, can you yell at me and let me know then? I was trying to block the shot. So, I mean, that, that happens, conversations, and guys get frustrated during games. Um, and it's, that's it. I mean, we lost. Uh, no one's going to be smiling and happy with each other. But, I mean, the game ends, and you, you flush it, and we'll go back, have dinner tonight, and probably forget about it. Like I said, cameras, you know, quick cut, so, you know, guys have got to check up on Yeah, they could have they could have caught, um, you know, guys yelling at each other throughout the night. I mean, any you go to any bench, NHL bench, and guys are, are going to be upset for quick spurts at each other, but you get over it pretty quickly. you got thick skin to play in this league. I've brought this up before because you're not a fan. I think it's funny and I want to bring it up again, but the great Ted Lasso had once said to be a goldfish because goldfish have a memory of 10 seconds. So you move on, you make mistakes. Nobody's going to be perfect. You make mistakes, get on with it. Exactly what he said. Something happened. They yell it out. I mean, they're very much like family. I don't know about your family, but my family, we yell a lot at each other, but then we love each other. I mean, oh, look at that. <laughs> Speaking of family. Anyway, I, I think um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think he was probably giving it to Eric Carlson there because they were kind of going back and forth. And I don't think he wanted to talk about it. So he kind of gave that weak story about what happened. What do you think? Well, I think that um, if he's saying that he thought there was a second left and he went to the bench and was getting upset with him, and they're saying, well, wait a minute, there's only a second left. And then he went, oh, okay, I understand. If that was what happened on the bench, I'm calling BS. Because uh, you can look up at the clock after the play is done before you get on the bench and realize that there's a second left and go, oh, there was only a second left. I guess I'll not yell at this guy right now. So right. I'm not entirely buying that if, if he's saying that he said that while on the bench. If he's saying right. that he was upset as he was rimming the puck around and no one was there for it and he thought there was more time, totally cool. Got that. No problem. But if you're saying that when you're on the bench, you were telling him that I, I'm not buying I, it. So to, to set up the play, it was the empty net goal that uh, Vancouver had scored and Couture right. the puck turned around, wheeled it and passed it around the boards to who he thought Carlson was sitting there waiting for no it. And he wasn't <laughs> Carlson just skated away. And then they got the ball, uh, puck off the boards and passed it into the middle. And the guy scored with only one second left. So I think he was pissed that Carlson had abandoned his post basically. Cause he thought there was more time left when right. Carlson was saying there was only one second. Why would you rim it around? Just eat it in the boards. That's why I think kind of what happened Bill. So it's kind of Carlson's fault. Cause he left, he should have stuck it out and played the rest of, you know, the last 10 seconds and been where he should have been, but it's also Couture's fault for not having good clock management skills and realizing that he probably should just eat it. Also probably communication skills because everyone on the ice should be telling him to eat it, like keep it in the boards and they didn't. So I think it was just an all around fail. Plus frustrated because at that point it was six losses in a row. Uh, tonight makes it seven. If you include the overtime loss as a full loss, but they still get the loser point. So, um, yeah, I think frustrations are running high. They can't seem to score goals. I mean, they're shut out tonight. Um, I think it's just going to not get worse, but it's going to get chippier. It's going to be frustrating end to the season. Um, Anthony Sanchez bringing up, if the new GM wants to rebuild the team, then Contreras should be moved. I don't know about move necessarily, but um, do you think – because the way that they've been doing uh, the captaincy – has 
kind of been by uh, by player vote, right? Um, they kind of choose who they think the captain ought to be. So um, if they had chosen Couture, obviously. So I don't know. Do you think maybe next season then, Anthony, do you think next season we're looking at a different captain? If so, who? Um, but I don't think that he gets moved. I don't know, man. I, GMs, certain GMs do differently. Um, Doug Wilson stripped captaincy away from both Marlowe and Thornton. So that's one way that is actually right. not very common. They usually do trade their captain. Um, to make Couture, Captain Pavelski just wasn't signed, so he wasn't necessarily traded, but he wasn't signed. So um, I don't think that's completely out of the possibility here. Um, I think you, to trade do you, Couture. Do you remember uh, when Pavelski was captain, though? Yes. Because he was Thornton was stripped of it. They asked uh, the, the the team to vote on a new captain, and they <laughs> voted Thornton again. Did they? They did. Yeah, I was gonna and say. And they decided, no, it's not gonna it. be Thornton again. We can't do that. <laughs> he stripped it and said, okay, you everyone gets a vote for somebody except Thornton. Pick somebody. And they voted for Thornton. Um, so yeah. really, yeah, they they um, they left it up to the players, but there was like kind of an asterisk on it. Like it, it can't be. It's kind of like, you know, you can't reuse a password that you've used in the last five months or whatever, you know, you can't reuse a captain. So uh, next in line was Paps. And that's that's the story on how Paps got his captaincy, apparently. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you need to trade a guy away um, for him to be considered uh, uh, or knocked off of his uh, captaincy. So um, I don't know. We'll see what, he, what they what they say. I don't, who who else would on the team would you pick to be the captain? Then because some folks really hate Eric Carlson. I understand like that there's a lot of hate in the fan base for Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson's also been a captain before. Um, is Hurdle the guy? Is Hurdle the next guy in line? Do you think he's the, the captaincy material? I'm not entirely sold that he's a captain material. Um, I think he's a great player. I think he's a great personality. I don't know that he's the guy that people look to for leadership necessarily. Um, although he does have the A on his jersey currently. I don't know. Who's who's your next guy in line? That's tough. I mean, what about Timo? No. Right? You don't see Timo as a leader? So I <laughs> just because you can score goals, that doesn't make you a good leader, right? I understand. I, I know. So I'm looking for the guy who's who's gonna rally the troops more than anything else. And I think Kachur is that guy. I think Joe Thornton was that guy in a different manner, obviously, but um, if you go back to, you know, that special five minute penalty with, uh, with Vegas, you know, Thornton was on the bench. Um, and he told the guys, you know, you go out there and you score four goals. So like, it doesn't matter who the captain was. Right. Thornton was the guy telling you, you go out there right now and you score four goals. And Logan's like, Oh, okay, sure. Yes. Mr. Jumbo. And they went out there and they did it. Now it's funny because when you watch the replays of that, um, uh, religiously, like I have done, um, <laughs> you'll see that on the bench, when they scored, I think it was the the it was the first goal, and Jumbo's looking over at the coach, going, "Leave him." He's telling the coach, "Leave him." <laughs> it's, uh, it's like he's got some pull. Now that to me is captain material. When guys are looking to you for that inspiration, for decisions, even um, that's captain material. I don't know that anybody's looking at Timo for that kind of direction. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't. I, I just I think you could be a very special player and just be a very special player. Um, there's a lot of people that are very good at their jobs. They would make terrible managers, right? <laughs> so, um, and that's not a knock on them. It's just how it is. You know, sometimes yeah. you have this talent 
that isn't your talent. You're very good at this. Not so much that. So yeah, there's, there's some guys that just want to put their head down and play and not deal with other people. Managers, so basically. Taylor says Ferraro for next captain. Now, I don't think the next captain, but down the road, I definitely think he's captaincy material. That's a guy know. that he, I don't know. he is Mr. Work ethic. You watch him play. The guy never stops. Once he gets out of his everything is happy-go-lucky phase and he gets a little bit more uh, tenure, he gets a little bit more experience. Right. He uh, he kind of uh, the, the the baby face stuff kind of wears off, although he's lost his two front teeth. I think <laughs> once he's got a little bit more grit to him, he's definitely captaincy material. Um, just maybe not right now. That's all. So um, I'm looking forward to that, to be honest. I'm looking forward to more Mario. Mar- Mario must be always if uh, if you ask me. So uh, I could see hurdle like of all the options. It's either going to be hurdle or Carlson. Nobody else really to me stands out. Even even Ferraro. I can see maybe, but I uh, that would be much further down the line than yeah. than currently. If if we're talking about next season or the next two seasons, then no, I don't think I don't think it could be Ferraro. It'd be Hurdle. Maybe Hurdle had that same thing of the contract because Couture was promised to be the captain at some point, right? And they had to get rid of Pavelski to do it. So maybe they did the same thing with uh, Hurdle, saying, "Hey, sign this contract. You're here for eight years. At some point, you will be the captain." I'm sure that because it means a lot to him. So um, I, I have a feeling it'll be hurdle next in line, which Anthony Sanchez calls us out on it. Cause he's been saying it for a while now. He said uh, um, hurdle with the C yes. Couture will be moved. I've been saying it for a while and you guys keep saying no. <laughs> Call I don't out. think Couture gets moved. If I, this team, if this team is saying, look, we have the pieces in place. And that's what Jonathan Becker just got done saying. We have the pieces in place to be competitive team. We have lots of, of, of studs on this team. We need to continue to build around them. We need to continue to draft well, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that Logan Couture is one of the guys that you move if you're saying that we have the pieces on this team to be competitive. Um, he is, again, a playoff beast. If you make the playoffs and that's your goal, you want him on your team, Right. Um, and, and I just think he's too good of a two-way player. He, he'll help you on both. Ends. He does power play, PK, even strength. He does it all. He's always on the ice. He's a guy that you rely on all the time. And maybe that's why some people don't like him. He's there on the ice for everything <laughs> that happens. And where there's a lot of bad things happening lately. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, maybe they're picking him apart for that. I don't know. But I just think for, for my money, uh, Logan Couture is not one of those players that I feel needs to go. Uh, if I'm trying to build a playoff team next season, right? If it's down the road and I want to build a playoff team by uh, rebuilding and by drafting and whatnot, sure, send them on his merry way. But if we're talking about we want to be competitive now, and that's what they keep saying, no matter how much the fan base wants them to rebuild, they want to try to be competitive now. If that's the case, I don't see them trading Couture away. Now, whether or not he's the captain next season, who knows? Uh, whether or not that's Hurdle, maybe Hurdle's next in line. Uh, but beyond that, I could definitely see uh, Ferraro uh, wearing the seat. That's just my call. So there you go. I, I, just don't, um, I, I don't want to rule anything out because there's going to be a new GM. So who knows what's going to happen now? If it was Doug Wilson as the GM, I don't think we'd see him move. But now that he's going to be replaced with somebody, I think everything's on the table. I don't think there's anybody safe, even. Even Ferraro, as much as you okay. think Ferraro would be. Even hurdle, like I just don't think anyone would be safe. I don't think they're going to blow up the team. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think they're going to reassess everything 
and move some pieces around. The new person will. We shall see. Um, before we move on, I don't even want to talk about the games in the past week. Like, who cares? We just lost repeatedly. There you go. Summary is done. Um, but <laughs> Anthony Sanchez telling us to stop. Current team is not a few pieces away. We're currently can't put out a top six forward group. Becker's trying to pass the Kool-Aid. Okay. So um, I think that if we were able to get another, a, a top six winger, a top six right winger, if LeBanc is healthy and actually shows up to play, um, <laughs> then I think we have a much better uh, top six than you think that we do. Uh, I think when you've got a guy like Noah Gregor, who we'll get to in a minute, uh, when you got him in the top six, that kind of shows how weak your top six actually is. Now, is he generating chances? Goals, no. Chances, yes. But um, I just don't see him as as the solution up there. So when you've got guys that should be third-line, fourth-line guys playing up in the top six, yeah, your team's probably not going to be too good. I honestly do think that we are a couple players, uh, a top six winger, and, and healthy. Well, I want everybody to be healthy here. If we have that in place... I don't think we're that far off, honestly. I think with Kakanen, if he can get his game in check uh, alongside Reimer for next season, if we don't trade Reimer away, that's a pretty decent one-two punch in net. And then from there, I mean, even our defense, if you look at all the guys that have stepped up this season, they've done a pretty marvelous job, all things considered, uh, with these guys coming in from the AHL. Now they've got some NHL experience, right? They're going to be taking part in the training camps and whatnot. Um, and, and actually vying for roles that they could actually get because they've been playing in the NHL for this past season. So I think there's a little bit of extra punch from those guys as well uh, to kind of show what they can do. So, I, I mean, I really think that the defense isn't going to look too bad next season. I think the forward core, as long as they bring in uh, one or two pieces, one at the top end and maybe somebody to show up kind of that middle area there, get some third-line scoring in there, I think this team's not that far away. Uh, the problem is getting everybody in there with the the amount of cap space that you've got left. So yes, some pieces may need to move around or some, some uh, trades might have to happen. Some salary might need to get dumped, that kind of thing. But I really don't feel like they're that far off. I just think that we're missing those few key pieces and we just keep losing because of it. So um, that's kind yeah. of my take on it. I think, I think the sharks, uh, depending on what they do, if they can move one of those like Vlasic somehow move it, get it off the books, something, um, I think that'll give them more space, obviously, to bring in some other people. Um, I think the young guys that are coming up are going to do some damage here, but I don't think they're going to be quite ready. Um, they'll mm-hmm. probably get a lot of cups of coffee here and there and go back and forth between the Barracuda. But um, I think, assuming everyone stays healthy, I think if everyone stayed healthy this season, the Sharks would be probably pushing for a playoff spot right now. Um, the you know the the injuries to both Hill and then Reimer for a while that kind of derailed them. I think um, just some other, like Carlson was missing for a while. I know everyone bags on Carlson, but when he's in the lineup, the team is much better. Yes. Uh, when they are healthy, this team right now is a bubble team, and that's fine. I think that's where they want it to be, and they weren't going to make it, so now they're going to be a top-10 pick team, which I think is fantastic because now they're only going to add to that arsenal. Picking a guy who's probably going to be ready in two to three years from now, um, so they're going to have even more backups coming sooner than later. Um, but they have a handful of guys right now that are ready to jump into the AHL at least. So the, the, what do you call it? The cupboards are no longer bare. I yeah. think the future is looking better. Um, you know, someone had said earlier, we're getting Phil Kessel. I wouldn't mind having Phil Kessel here as the second right winger power play specialist. 
because uh, he's a shooter and he's gonna, he still scores goals. It's disgusting how good he is because he's so he always looks like he's out of shape. He looks like a beer leaguer that is relying on nothing but skill and beer in between periods to fuel himself and hot dogs because he loves hot dogs. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind having him here for maybe a season or two. It's kind of a stopgap for those younger guys coming in here. Um, also, he's just going to score goals, which the Sharks desperately need. Um, so I don't think it's that terrible of an idea as long as that contract is, you know, two years, maybe at most, maybe one year and not too high of a salary. Um, but I do think the Sharks could push next season and get into the playoffs. Now at, least, at, the, at least the bubble team. At the draft, it's it's obviously kind of like the wise thing to take best player available. But mm-hmm. I just want to point out uh, on, on the uh, North American skaters of the first eight players, only one is a defenseman. So you've got five centers, a left wing and a right wing. Um, so it's it's a pretty forward heavy portion of the draft there for North American skaters. And then European skaters, uh, the top three European skaters are right wing, left wing, right wing. So um, if the Sharks are going to get a top 10 pick here, pretty good opportunity to, to pick somebody who's going to be playing as a forward at least. Now, you know how they like taking centers and putting them on the wing. So any one of those centers could possibly be one of those guys that they're looking to uh, play up on the wing instead. There's some actually, there's a big boy in here, six foot four, 218 pound left wing. Wow. It's huge. Uh, anyway, uh, just saying that there's there's uh, like last season, I think there was a lot of defensemen in that first uh, the, that top group. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. This season, maybe they're not quite as good. Maybe it's not as deep, but uh, there's a lot more forwards uh, coming out. So my money would be that the Sharks are going to pick uh, a pretty solid forward again uh, this season with their first round pick. So, there yeah, you go. I agree. OK, uh, moving on from uh, the. Draft pick stuff. Um, Gregor Goldwatch. Now, Aaron, someone had asked, I think it was Anthony Sanchez actually, had asked about what is going to be your punishment? Um, because the season's not over, but he ain't getting a hat trick anytime soon, buddy. Okay. So um, I, I, what's, what are, what's the bet here? I don't know what the bet is. All I know is I'm going to win it. So <laughs> I don't know. What, what do you want to do? Pie never face? It. There's 10 games left in the season here. Yeah, and he a needs six goals. He needs six goals. He's still yeah. at four goals. Can you believe that? I, I think at 19 games left, he still had four goals. So He's shooting 3.1% right now. That can't be right. It's got to be lower than that. Come on. 3.1. He's got four goals on 128 shots. <laughs> oh, it was Nick. Okay, sorry, Nick. That was that was Nick making the comment. Not, well, Anthony, you just comment so much. I just assumed it was you. So, um, yeah, that was that was Nick saying that. Yeah, uh, Nick actually had said pie to the face. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I could hit you in the pie, pie with the to the face. It's kind of random. I mean, I guess when's that going to happen? It's like I mean, Marie Callender is probably just whipped cream. <laughs> Marie Callender is close, man. <laughs> That's old school. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so Gregor Goldwatch, again, he's got four goals on this season. If you didn't know about the bet, the bet, uh, we don't have terms, but Aaron thinking he was going to get 10 or more. I'm thinking he's going to get, or knowing he's going to get uh, nine or less, uh, and we don't know what we're betting on. So maybe you guys can give us uh, some some suggestions in the, in the chat there <laughs> if you want, uh, what we could do. I know what your suggestion is, Nick, um, but... 
I don't know if Aaron's keen on the whole pie thing. So uh, if you guys can think of something, please go ahead and put it in there. Let us know. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling very confident. I know you think that there's going to be this hat trick or this barrage of hat tricks coming. It's just not going to. We'll just uh, I'll just do some smelling salts or something again. <laughs> That's weird. Well, uh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so I think are we are we done with Gur? I don't I don't want to harp on it. I don't want to make you feel bad. So are we done with uh, yeah, we're done. I don't feel bad. I think it was a smart bet to take. Super producer Jason put in all this time on this massive uh, imagery for uh, Gregor Goldwatch, like we did with Pavelski. Uh, he's not going to have to use any of it. Totally lying. He didn't do anything because he knows he's not scoring another goal. Uh, moving on. Upcoming, <laughs> upcoming games. Thursday against Chicago. Chicago is one of those teams that is not going to catch us in points. So they're going to be, uh, they're going to have a higher pick uh, than we are essentially come draft day. Um, so this game essentially means nothing other than if the Sharks win, we'll be a little bit closer to bumping ourselves out of that 10th pick. So um, how you, I don't even know if you care how you feeling about any of these games, but go ahead. No, I just, I, I don't want them to lose out, but at the same time, I want them to get the least amount of points while playing decent hockey. I think right now their hockey is decent. Like tonight yeah. they went to overtime 0-0 against a good team that's going to the playoffs. So, um, And then against Vancouver, I thought they played well up until the end and they gave up the winner. But I thought they're they're kind of going toe-to-toe to a lot of these teams. Obviously they're not winning, but um, I don't mind as much, I guess you could say. I mean, I, I think I said last week I wanted like four to three losses or five, four losses. So it's kind of entertaining and more exciting. But um, I don't mind these ones where they play well and they don't just get their butts handed to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not fun watching those. Like tonight was fun all the way to the end. It was fun. It was yeah. a good game. It was chippy. The players were sticking up for each other. Um, there was good chances going back and forth. I thought Kakinen had a very strong game for the Sharks. Um so there's a lot of there's a lot more pluses to take away, even though they're not winning. That's what I want to see. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. So I want them I, to you, you want to see them do well. You just don't want the end result to be good, right? If we could just play hockey and at the very end be like, oh, you know what, we're just going to forfeit, so you can have a point. <laughs> One second left, you know, and just take it. We want to be right where we are. Killing me. Uh, so Thursday, <laughs> Chicago, Saturday against Dallas uh, in Dallas. Uh, Dallas oh. is kind of vying for some uh, playoff positioning here, too. So And interesting, the Sharks can play spoiler here to Vegas. Vegas. Because Dallas is currently has a game in hand and three points over Vegas. So I kind of want Dallas to win this one for sure. Don't want to talk about it too much, but did you hear about the uh, I think it was a, it wasn't a jersey. I think it was like a jacket or something like that. That one of the Vegas fans made about Leonard. No. Basically, they put a name on the back, and it's basically the fan base is turning on Leonard. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. They, they need to miss playoffs so bad. Oh, Aaron, so Aaron, bad. the meltdown's coming, buddy. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. I can't wait. I'm excited. Oh, I can't then, wait. Then they're going to jump into this feed and be like, I don't know what to do. There's no playoffs. What do I do? <laughs> Come chat with us. It'll be okay. We're nice. Yeah. It's cool. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Yes, yes. Get, get on, on with, it. with it. Sunday at Minnesota. Um, Lundy may have something to say about this, but I don't really care. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, we've got some games coming up Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we'll be back on the air uh, for the uh, after Sunday, I think, is what we'll end up doing. Classy Vegas. Yes, of course, Taylor. Yep. 
Vegas is super classy with their golden. Ugh, our, ugh, those helmets. Good lord. Has uh, have the Kings and Vegas Knights played yet? Where they both had their helmets? I don't think they played where they both have the helmets. That's unfortunate, but it's gross. So anyway, um, I, <laughs> if you if you see this face, okay, Ugh. if you recognize this face, <laughs> um, you may have seen a lot of the Sharks promos uh, that are going on for three sixty five, um, their membership. So. I just happened to notice that this image was on their uh, their little light up screen outside there, the big TV out there. And uh, actually, my son walking across the street goes, "Dad!" and he pointed it out. I was like, "Oh, whoa!" So uh, we waited the three minutes or whatever it is for it to cycle back again. Took another picture, and uh, yeah, it, it's just just really funny. And but I'm seeing it like everywhere now. Like it's outside the arena. It's on the side of my screen now. Um, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the arena when they were promoting it. It was, I mean, you're, it's all over the place now. Yeah, I got it in my email too. Like to join I mean, your emails in the emails. I'm like, oh god, he's everywhere. I can't get away from him. <laughs> ah, so okay. yeah, and Super Producer Jason very clearly has uh, has had some fun with this. Uh, cropped out the background there, so I'm sure we'll be doing something fun with that at some point. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was hilarious that. Um, I'm I'm all over. I'm all up in your DMs, folks. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, Aaron, unless you had anything else or unless there was another comment you wanted to bring up, I think uh, we're more or less done here. Yeah, I think we, I think we're done. All right. It's, uh, it's going to be kind of a want want end of the season, but I am excited for the draft. I'm excited for now the GM search. Yeah. Um. I think Sharks fans will be very happy because the Sharks will be in the news for once during the summer when they finally announce that they have a GM and then see what they're going to do. And then they're going to call for them to be fired because they haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Uh, Twitter's a lovely, lovely space to be in. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it'll be exciting because it'll be change and something new. And um, we'll see if the Sharks can turn things around sooner than later now. I <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I mean obviously i'm hoping so obviously the fan base hopes so um and for <laughs> the mental health of the person they bring in um i hope that person uh does a, a pretty good job right off the hop because otherwise they're gonna be met with uh we should have kept wilson <laughs> Just, i mean think about doug wilson's, doug wilson's tenure he didn't do anything until he got joe thornton in an 05 i think that was a full year after he did ben yeah. gm so I I can't expect anything similar within a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember I went to that. I was a season ticket holder that season. And uh, that was my first full season ticket that year. And the team was just kind of blah. Like, yeah, this team's okay. There's no superstars. I mean, Patrick Marlowe was probably the biggest star at that point. And no offense to him. He was a good player, but he wasn't like a hundred plus yeah. point player, like a, a difference maker at least at that time. So um, when they got Joe Thornton, it was like, holy cow, we're, we're legit now and teams will take us more seriously and we'll yeah. bring in more talent because people are going to want Joe Thornton passing to them. So um, that was an amazing season. I lost a lot of hats that year because teachers scored so many hat tricks. I think it was five at home. So it was, uh, it was a lot of goals, a lot yeah. of pizza four in the net of pizza. You get, <laughs> we had oh, so many pizzas. Now I'm going off on a tangent. Roundtable, we're doing a promotion 
for four in the net pizza you get and you have to bring your ticket. And we had yeah. so many as me and me and Marshall and the people running round table had no idea what the promotion was. So we'd show up with like eight tickets and be like, here, where's our eight pizzas? And they'd give it to us. Like, yeah, we have pizza for the whole week. Nice. Fantastic. It was a good time. Good stuff. Uh, last comment here from Taylor. Who are y'all cheering for to win the cup? Florida, Dallas. It's gotta be Florida. Gotta be Florida. Dallas. I think, Pavelski can win another one. He's going to keep yep. playing. I think Thornton's going to be done. I think Thornton's done after the season. I'm I'm pulling for Florida as well, and uh, uh, that guy deserves it. Um, I really hope it's one of those Ray Bork situations, you know, um, mm-hmm. where they just kind of tow him along. <laughs> What's it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. Uh, yeah, so so Florida for for both of us, I think Florida's uh, kind of who we're going to be rooting for here. It's not even Florida. It's just Jumbo, right? I just yeah. he, the guy deserves it for the for the amount of time he's played the game at the level he's played the game at. Imagine um, him just holding, the love of the game. Yeah, him holding up the cup with his big old beard, and he's just crying and screaming. And, yeah, I just picture it. You know, just goofy. I think, uh, you, me, the Sharks fans, Florida fans, and the internet needs that. So, um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and I already said this is the last comment, but Anthony. No, I'm not a big Taco Bravo fan. So, there you go. <laughs> okay, guys, thank sure. you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys being here and being in the comment section there, um, giving us all the uh, feedback and some questions and whatnot. It's definitely a lot of fun being able to do this with you. It's awesome that we're able to do it with folks on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. We're hitting up all the platforms. I love it. So uh, being able to go out and get uh, a variety of, uh, of personalities in the chat is always awesome so uh, we thank you for that again uh you can support the show through uh, super chat through venmo at the fin factor or if you want to go to the website thefinfactor.com support the show that's what you're doing you can get some hats shirts stickers uh fanny packs water bottles or canteens whatever they're called um there's there's all kinds of stuff that's there for you guys to check out uh and again anything that you you purchase there does help support the show so if you enjoyed that we appreciate you right back uh also don't forget if you are not subscribed uh please do so and hit that notification bell that way you know when we are going live and you can get that notification so you can join in the chat and have these awesome conversations which uh, i just loved having with you guys so again thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight aaron oh you know i can't lie it was you know a lot last you know month and what was that that's because I'm talking so fast, trying to get everything out with the promotions and blah, 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 blah. And now I sound like Hurdle. Okay. <laughs> get on with it. I'm trying, but you keep putting clips in there. <laughs> Any last words, Aaron? Nope. No. Okay. For Super Producer Jason, uh, Jumbo as God, and Tomas Hurdle, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week. Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, you know, I can't lie. It was, you know, a lot less, you know. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.